Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Hi, family. Thank you, Greg, for sharing those two prophetic words and for praying over our nation in this trying times. We rise and build. We rise with faith. The events of the last two weeks have reminded us of the complex wickedness and the complex challenges of our nation. We continue to trust God to see us through these challenges. South Africa, let us take a moment and allow God to meet us at a place of brokenness, at a place of pain and a place of uncertainty. Let us take a moment and remember that what we have experienced, it is traumatic. It reminds us of the trauma that we've experienced as a nation pre-1994. Unless we deal with the root causes of the problem, we tend to go back to violence when we are triggered. And we need to deal with the root causes of the problem. Week before last, there was nothing positive on the news. It was doom and gloom, a state of depression and despondency. Every headline seemed to just speak of negative things that are happening in the nation. As we read the book of Isaiah together, as we go through the series, Isaiah Unkept, I pray that we will see the goodness of God in the mess of life. May we see that God is good, God is with us, even through the mess of life. Today we will be reading from Isaiah chapter 9, where it speaks about unto us a child is born. Our topic is this, hope has a name. Hope has a name. The name Jesus. The story of the Bible from creation, the fall, Israel, redemption, and new creation captures the relationship that God wants to have with us as humankind. It captures so well how God constantly pursues us as humankind. We read in Genesis chapter 3, the beginning of the downward spiral where God created man and woman to rule and to reign. But because of sin, we have fallen down. We came down. We've moved away from where God wanted us to be. And God sends the kings, the prophets, the judges to keep bringing us back to a place where he has called us to be. And then lastly, God brings the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to bring us back to a place of ruling and reigning. The evil one will do whatever he can to continue to bring us down. But remember, we have a Messiah. We read in the the Old Testament over and over again. They did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not turn from the sins of their fathers And God constantly pursued us. God is constantly pursuing us through the mess of life. We're going to pick up the story today from where Israel had a prophet named Isaiah, who was the messianic prophet who spoke this messianic prophecy during the reign of King Uzziah, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. The Syrians and Assyrians had ravaged Israel, if you read from uh, chapter 8. 
Israel found themselves in derision, in disgrace. It was doom and gloom. It sounds like South Africa today. Notwithstanding all that's happening, the Savior is coming. Jesus is coming. Redemption is coming. Hope has a name, the name Jesus. The word or the name Isaiah means Yahweh saves. So the entire theme of the book of Isaiah, it speaks about the one who saves. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He's the one who will save us. Our text today is Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 1 to verse 7. For unto us a child is born. Let's read. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea and the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy and they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide their spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel in the fire. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Friends, from the text that we've read, we see the state of Israel from how God constantly pursued them through the judges, through the kings. And now we see here God pursuing them through the prophet desire, God speaking to them a word of salvation, that salvation is coming. But we, we, we start here with a state of gloom. We read, it says that, but there will be no gloom, a state of depression and despondency for her who was in anguish, for her who was in distress, for her who was depressed, traumatized, angry or anxious. There will be no gloom. God will not let us remain in gloom forever. God will not let us remain in doom and gloom forever. He will come and rescue us. There will be no gloom for those who have been in anguish, those who have been challenged by the current circumstances of our nation. And then he continues to write and he says that the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. Zebulun means exalted or lifted. 
And Naphtali means wrestling. It's so interesting that some of us may identify with Zebulon, a place of, of, of high and mighty, a, a place where you feel exalted. But then others, you may identify with Naphtali, where you feel like you are wrestling with God in this season. And in this season, the Bible says that God will humble all of us to get our attention. He will humble us. And why He humbles us is because He is shaping and building character through the challenges, through the storms. Remember that faith is built. Faith is shaped in the crucible of pain. Faith is built. Faith is shaped when we go through painful moments, when we go through the storm. Faith is built. Faith is shaped. Like Zebulon and Naphtali, who were sons of Jacob, who were also named after them. They went through derision. They went through disgrace. But the Lord was shaping character. The Lord was preparing them for what was to come. The, the, the writer continues to say that in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. It speaks about honor and glory coming to the nations, honor and glory coming to the Gentiles. And that includes us. That despite the derision, despite the disgrace, despite whatever doom and gloom that we go through, honor and glory is coming. The Messiah is coming. Yes, He's come for Israel before, and yet He's going to come. His second coming, He's coming to take us to be with Him forever and ever in heaven. We remain in this hope, and we say hope has a name, the name Jesus. So the question may be, so how is this going to happen? How is this honor and glory going to come? What's going to build the hope to believe that this is going to happen? And I want to speak with us three things from this text that we've just read. That, that the gospel light brings hope. Jesus brings hope. Righteousness and justice bring hope. We're going to look into those three things. When you read in verse 2, the Bible says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The people who have walked in darkness, those who've been walking in darkness, those who've been blinded by the darkness of this world, they will see the light. But I'm glad that it doesn't stop there. It continues to say that those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them Light has shone. Those who find themselves in deep darkness, the light will come. The light will shine over them as well. John 1 verse 5, the Bible says, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The light of the gospel. Hope in the midst of chaos. It was Miles Monroe who said that you cannot change what you do not engage you cannot change what you do not engage. We as the children of the light, we are called to engage our society with the gospel. We are called to engage darkness. May I say that we are not afraid of darkness because all that light needs to do to destroy darkness is to switch on the switch. Switch on the light. All that we need to do to destroy darkness is switch on the light. We are not afraid of the darkness that we see. We are not afraid of the doom and gloom that we see because we are children of the light. John 8 verse 12, the Bible says, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have light of life. 
Remember that light is Jesus. So the gospel brings light. Again, the Bible says in Matthew 5 verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. You and I, we are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. The church of Jesus Christ needs to rise and become that city on the hill that cannot be hidden. The environment is conducive for revival. We as the church, we need to rise and be that city on the hill. Like the Bible says, nor do people put a light or lamp under a basket, but on a stand so that it can give light into the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. They may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. May the people, may the world see our good works, see the light that we shine so they can glorify the Father. Not to glorify us, not unto us, not unto our names, but unto you, Lord, unto the Lord. That's where the glory will go. May our light shine. May we pray, but may we also act. May we pray and act. As we pray, we pray and trust for revival. And as we trust for revival, we act and bring light to our nation. I was really encouraged by uh, some of the stories that were coming uh, this last week. You know, you, we saw videos of people uh, praising the Lord in public areas, people praying for our nation in public areas. Uh, seeing people clean uh, South Africa, going to places where uh, it's, the places have been looted and going out to clean up. Very, very encouraging. Seeing the children of God being part of rebuilding our nation. I was very encouraged by people who gave towards uh, taking uh, food uh, to Durban and helping the Maritzbeck and the Durban churches. I was really, really encouraged by our crisis response team, people who came last week Saturday to, to help and this last Saturday to, to pack up, uh, food packages and we can be able to help those in our community and those in Johannesburg who've been affected. We also trust in God to be able to help those who have been affected uh, in Alexandra, which is a township that is part of us. I was also encouraged uh, hearing the story of Every Nation Church in Maritzburg, where they are starting to reach out to unemployed youth in the surrounding townships, realizing that unless we deal with the root causes, we will continue to come back to this place of violence, unfortunately. I was encouraged by some of the initiatives from Heartlines. One of the initiatives is collecting all the positive stories so that we can hear positive stories of what's happening. Another initiative is supporting small businesses that have been affected by this unrest. And we hear of Trigger Ventures as well that is helping those businesses that have been seriously, seriously affected in this time. Let us rise and build. South Africa, hope has a name. Jesus. The gospel brings joy. Not only the light of the gospel brings hope, it also brings joy. You know, in the darkest of nights, there is hope for a new dawn. That's where we find our strength. That's where we find our joy. From the text that we've read, a farmer waits for the harvest. The joy is coming. Joy is coming in the morning. A soldier waits for a time of the spoil because we know that God is with us through the storm. The second thing I want us to look at is uh, Jesus brings hope. We read in verse 6, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A child is born to us. A son is given as a gift. We've been giving the best gift ever, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. 
and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. As I've said, the best gift ever given to man is Jesus, the Son of God. John 3 verse 16 speaks so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Those who believe in Jesus, those who live for Jesus will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul that when we die, we enter into a new life, into a better life that is heaven And the Bible says the government shall be upon his shoulder. He shall bear the burden of government. If only our leaders would submit themselves to Jesus. Let's look at the kind of leader Jesus is. The Bible speaks very clear that he's a wonderful counselor. He's a wise leader. As the Bible says in James 1 verse 5, If only you lack wisdom, let him ask. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to them. If only our leaders, if only as us leaders can ask God for wisdom, He's willing and able to generously give us wisdom. The Bible says that He's the mighty God, the title of Yahweh Himself, God Himself, Emmanuel. God is with us. We are not alone. He is a powerful King. He is the everlasting Father, a benevolent protector. As uh, Psalm 68 verse 5 says, the Bible speaks to us and says, He's a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in His dwelling. It, it continues to say that He's the Prince of Peace, a ruler who brings peace, righteousness, and justice. A stark contrast to the kings of Israel who were just interested in their pockets, who were just interested in their own glory, who were just interested in their own prosperity. He is a different kind of leader. He's a different kind of king. Said to say that this sounds very familiar, how the kings of Israel were to our kings today. This messianic prophecy confirms that Jesus is a wise leader. Jesus is a powerful king. Jesus is a caring father. Jesus is a prince who brings peace and righteousness and justice and prosperity. In Jesus, we have all in one, all these amazing things that we need in, in a leader, all these qualities we need in a leader, they are there in Jesus. So when you accept Jesus, you get them all in one. My prayer is our leaders will submit themselves to the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. South Africa, hope has a name, Jesus. Hope has a name, Jesus. We speak about righteousness and justice, that it brings hope. Three things that we're talking about today is the gospel light brings hope. Jesus brings hope and righteousness and justice bring hope. We read here in verse 7, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. God's government is constantly increasing. The more we repent, the more we follow Jesus Christ, the increase of his rule and his reign continues and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Isaiah focuses this messianic hope 
on an heir of David, which is Jesus, who will extend his Israel from, who will extend his kingdom from Israel to include the Gentiles. Isaiah is challenging us to see that the kingdom of God will continue to grow until we get to Revelation where we read about the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Father and His Christ, and He will reign over it forever and ever. But I want to bring your attention to the fact that He will establish and uphold His kingdom with justice and righteousness. I want to bring your attention to Psalm 89 verse 14. The Bible says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. If righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne, it means without righteousness and justice, there is no throne. It means righteousness and justice are so close to the heart of God that God is saying, guys, I want you to know that I want you to lead with righteousness and justice. The one who came, the Savior Jesus Christ, led with righteousness and justice. We have to lead with righteousness and justice, not just justice, not just righteousness. We need them together. So what is righteousness? Righteousness is the right standing with God. It's when we preach the gospel of salvation and say, people make right with God. That is righteousness. It's right standing with God. And justice is righting the wrongs. It's correcting the wrongs. It's when we see the poor being maligned, when we see women being badly treated, when we see uh, employers mistreating, mishandling, abusing their employees, that we say, that is wrong. We need to right the wrongs. May we not overlook the injustices of our land. May we not overlook the plight of the poor. As it says in Jeremiah, they have dressed the wounds of my people and they say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Let this be a cause that we are willing to die for, to preach the gospel and to seek justice for the poor. Righteousness and justice, they are so important to God that he says they are the foundation of his throne. They are so important to God that this messianic prophecy that we've read, it ends with these powerful words. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's angel armies will accomplish this. The zeal of God, the passion of God will accomplish righteousness and justice for those who are oppressed, for those who are maligned, for those who are abused, for those who are mistreated, for those who are mishandled, for those who are not looked after. As a church of Jesus Christ, my encouragement for all of us is uh, may we not just pray, may we act. May we speak righteousness and justice. May we pursue righteousness and justice for all. It is the kingdom that we speak about, the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of salvation. As we conclude, I want to read you the story and I hope it will encourage you the same way that it has encouraged me. One night, a sailor was lost on the high seas after his boat was caught in a violent storm. 
It was very dark and cold. He desperately swam for hours and hours, and he was out of breath. When all of a sudden, he saw a light on the horizon. The sight of this light gave him strength and hope because he knew he would be saved if he could swim in the direction of the light. It had to be in the mainland where he could find relief and be saved. I want to say to us as a family, as a community, South Africa, let us continue to swim in the direction of the light. There is hope in the gospel. There is hope in Jesus. And there is hope when we continue to pursue righteousness and justice. Let us continue to swim in the direction of the light. Let us keep seeking Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to get in touch with us. Contact the number that is on the screen. and Let's get in touch with you and help you to have a relationship with Jesus so that you can have this hope that we're speaking about. That hope has a name. The name Jesus. As we pray, I want to declare these words from Jeremiah 31 verse 17. The Bible says, There is hope for your future, declares the Lord. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord. Remember Jeremiah 29 verse 11, the Bible says, For I do not have plans to harm you, but I have plans to give you hope and a future. Only if you will seek me. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that God, in this gospel, there is hope. We thank you that in your Son, Jesus Christ, there is hope. We thank you, Lord God, that as we continue to seek and pursue righteousness and justice, we will find hope. We will see hope. Hope that is an anchor for our souls. Father, this day as we pray, I want to pray that we will see that in Jesus, we have a wise leader. We have a caring father. We have a powerful king. We have a prince of peace in this one Jesus, your son. Father, I pray for the nation of South Africa today. May we return to you, God. May our leaders return to you. May our leaders continue to encourage us to swim to the direction of light. And that light is Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray that as a church we will rise, that not only we will pray, but God, we will act, Father. May we rise to pray and may we build this nation. May we trust you, Father God, to come through for this nation. And we think about other nations that are in our surroundings, Lord. Eswatini, we pray that you bring peace, Lord God, that you bring resolve in that nation, that the complex challenges they are facing, they will see you come through for them in this hour. We pray for the nation of Mozambique, Father God. We pray your grace upon them. We ask, God, that you will come through for them, Father. Lord, we know that, God, the enemy is here to kill, steal, and destroy. But you have come to give us life and life more abundantly. Therefore, I pray for each and every person that may be feeling hopeless, despondent, disgruntled, depressed. I pray, Father, that faith will rise, hope will rise, that we will believe again and will not give up on this nation, South Africa. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. I pray that you be encouraged. Let us rise 
and build. God bless you.